This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money to Me, your need to know financial podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. And if you're new to our show, welcome. Talk Money to Me is a podcast where we discuss various financial strategies, investable ideas, and we unpack the markets and what you need to know right now. We also sit down with special guests. Now this week, Candice and I are going to wrap up the Australian reporting season. That's right. So we're in the final few days now of the Australian FY22 reports, and there have been lots of upsets and misses in the markets of late. Some stocks, unfortunately, you know, kind of falling off a cliff. So we're going to talk through a couple of those. And on the other hand, we've got companies absolutely killing it with expectations and their earnings upgrades. So they're enjoying a nice share price rally at the moment. And we will be chatting about those too. So expect to hear in this episode, the lowdown of the reporting season so far, and a few of the beats and misses, which have actually caught our eye. But that is in all. We sound like a game show, but that's not all. <laughs> that's There's more. Open the next door. We're also going to be chatting about the Ukraine and Russian war and provide our insights into, you know, how to protect your portfolio in such volatile, uncertain times and also provide some key facts on companies that have come through recently in our mailer listener bags. I feel like there's always volatile times going on. We've just had COVID. We now have the war. I mean, when is it not going to be volatile times for us? Who knows? (laughs) It's like the million dollar question, right? That's it. I mean, volatility means opportunity to get in, right? Correct. Now, before we get into all of that, I just want to clarify a few points from last week's episode, which was our order pad. Magellan has kindly reached out just with a few clarifications, so I'm just going to read them out now for us all. Firstly, the Magellan Global Fund is commonly referred to as our Magellan Flagship Fund. The Magellan Global Fund has operated as an open-ended unit class, MGOC, since 1st of July 2007 and has delivered 11.7% per annum, relative to the benchmark at 7.98%. Secondly, payout ratios are about capital management, not profitability. A company can still pay 90 to 95% of profits regardless of whether its profits is $100 or $1, for example. Thirdly, in regards to fees, I neglected to mention that they also have an MFG core series fund, which that fee is 0.5%, so half a percent, in relation to that comment. And fourth and finally, as a, it's a good reminder, all of our content that we talk about on our show, the companies, everything like that, it's all backed by Shoreham Partners Research and also UBS because we have a relationship there at Shoreham Partners. And so in relation to Magellan, that was not a Magellan forecast, but rather it was Shoreham Partners and UBS Research forecast. Alrighty, so that's a great reminder that, as always, our chat is not personal advice. Even though we are registered financial advisors at Shore & Partners, please know that this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. Okay, Candice, so I just want to provide some market context in terms of the index moves that we've seen before we actually deep dive into reporting season. So in the last three months, the ASX 200 is down 5.2%. The ASX 200 Industrials is down 9%. 
2.3%. The ASX Small Industrials is down 13.3% ouch and the nasdaq has actually retracted 12 with the us s&p 500 falling eight percent so in a nutshell we were already in retreat before the russian invasion of ukraine and before reporting season really kicked off both in the us and here now you might be asking yourself why is that when are we gonna get a break Well, some of the reasons and I guess the catalyst to the market pullback that we have seen since December 2021, uh, I'm going to list them out for us all. So we've had obviously the Omicron variant and the peak of infections around December, January, inflationary pressures and inflation has slowly been climbing since that period. The global slowdown in growth and GDP coming out of like the booster COVID years we've had. Most commodity markets also have sharpened in recent months. So, you know, notably the oil price. Only in December, if we cast our mind back, the oil price was trading around 70 bucks US a barrel. And now it's just cracked through 100 US a barrel. We've also seen hawkish pivots. So interest rate rise talks from pretty much all major central banks globally. We've had tightening conditions in in the credit markets and financial markets rising bond yields. And finally, we've had, you know, easing of fiscal and monetary policies. So QE, quantitative easing, has pretty much now dried up in all major markets, which has led to a massive amount of deficits globally um, for a lot of governments around the world. Now, if you want to know what hawkish means, go back to our Mud and Crab interview, because he does actually go through what exactly that means. Now, basically, Candice, in a nutshell, the end of 2021, looking back at it now, hindsight, it's a beautiful thing, actually really set the stage for the share market so far in 2022. Very much so. So now coming back to the Australian reporting season, we're probably about two thirds of the way through the reporting season in terms of market cap size of companies that have reported and more than about 50% by the number of companies that have reported um, so far. So we're seeing some trends emerge so far from reporting season. Generally speaking, they're quite positive. We did touch on these last week, so I'll just reiterate these points again. Firstly being market earnings expectations have actually revised up in terms of their profit guidance. So FY22 earnings growth estimate for the ASX 200 has actually been pushed up by 0.5, so half a percent over the last three weeks to 13.6. And this strength has really been led by the upwards of visions in the financials and energy sectors. And the beat to miss ratio is four to three. So for every four companies that have beat on their earnings, there has been three that has missed. So generally that's pretty good. Yeah, that's right. So now I'm actually just going to run through four of these standout beats which have caught my eye. So firstly is BHP. This is one that's in our order pad. And the only one in our order pad that is probably still doing very well at this point. Yeah, exactly. And that's because if you look back at the report recently, they reported record profits and on a beat on earnings thanks to a strong coal and iron ore prices of late. The group also surprised the market with a big drop to their debt levels, which meant a better than expected dividend. BHP is expected to pay back to shareholders $8 AUD uh, this year, which is roughly a 17% yield on the current share price levels. That's massive. So BHP has now rallied about 18% since the 1st of December 2021. That is massive. So basically, all your money in BHP would have been great. (laughs) All right. Now, we're not saying do that, by the way. Don't definitely don't do that. Um, What's next on the list? So next is Temple and Webster heading into reporting season. The street was a little bit nervous about the growth outlook for the company. 
However, what we learnt, customers are shopping more often and spending more, plus the company's supply chain diversity has really helped TPW see them through the worst of the Omicron impacts. They didn't have as many bottlenecks, supply chain issues as their competitors, for example. On the day of reporting, the stock was actually up 10%. Wow. And look, I believe during COVID, everyone was looking at the furniture, getting very bored of it and saying, I want to do some furniture shopping. Did you do that? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Bought a new couch? That's it. Well, I spy REA on your list. So can you tell me a little bit about that? REA is REA Group, so realestate.com. Overall, it was a beat with a solid uh, result. Year on year, revenue growth of 37%, which was a report of $590 million. An increase in EBITDA, um, which was up 27% margin, and that was reported at $368 million. And finally, 31% increase in their net profit to 226 mil. So the report overall, yes, it was a beat. Um, but given the market sell-off that we've seen lately that we talked about with those indices, the share price of REA has actually pulled back about 10% in the past month. Interesting. So, I mean, that could potentially be a good buying opportunity. You never know. It may be in the next order pad. It could be. All right. I count three so far. What is your final pick? So we were talking about how, you know, the energy sectors have done really well. My final pick is an oil company, Woodside. WPL is the code on the ASX. That had a crack over report. And here are some of the financial highlights for you. NPAT up 149%. Underlying NPAT up 262%. And what about the operating revenue? That was up 93%. And they also declared a fully franked final dividend of 105 cents US per share. So that brings the full year dividend to $1.35 US per share. In addition, we've been seeing a lot of market news about the merger with BHP Petroleum Business and Woodside, right? So plus the uh, massive oil price rally we have seen, this has really pushed Woodside share price up 14% roughly in the last month. And if you had invested six months ago in Woodside, you'd be up about 44% so far. Interesting. So energy companies are really proving to be the 22 winning investment. Um, But might not sit well with everyone from an ethical standpoint. Now, on the other hand, we're actually seeing some weakness in consumer discretionary, led by some softer results from Woolworths and West Farmers. So the consumer names are not as strong as people thought coming into reporting season and in contrast, tilted towards energy and materials. So can you run me through some of the companies that have missed the earnings? For sure. So we've got four on the list, which have actually missed on their earnings and have now unfortunately fallen off a cliff in terms of their share price. So the first one is Appen. Now, Appen's 2021 results missed expectations as well as guidance. Now, profits were down about 20%. Analysts believe the poor results have lowered investor confidence in the long run and the lack of disclosures isn't helping either. Now, the company indicated in its recent reports that it will stop providing annual guidance figures and instead focus on a five-year target to double revenue, which I think is sounding ambitious given the backdrop of slower global growth. Now, on the day of reporting, the stock was down 28%. However, I mean, we're long-term investors, right? Potentially could be a good buy if they do actually reach those targets. I mean, Appen's reaction on the day of reporting is just a good example of when you do miss expectations, you do get punished in the markets, right? That's it. All right. The second one is Blackmores. Now, across the board, this was a miss on earnings, mainly due to the China market being a disappointment, which led to a 10 to 15% reduction in future guidance. Now, again, the day of reporting, the stock was down 10.5%. And number three? 
is Domino's Pizza. Now, we all love Domino's. The market was expecting great things for DMP after the year it had last year. A lot of people were eating pizza at home. But overall, the first half net profit was down 6.9% and the stock was heavily sold off 14% on the day it reported. Now, with highs of over $160 in the last year, now trading at $79, potentially this could be on the order pad as an opportunity. We shall see. And we'll actually be hosting Don, the CEO of Domino's, on the show in a couple of weeks time. So remember guys to send us an email if you've got any certain questions you'd like us to ask him. Our email is as always in the show notes below. All right, Felicity, the fourth and final, what is the last company. All right. So this is Zipco. Now on the 28th of February, Zip released a host of announcements, including their financial reports. Now what's taking center stage is the acquisition of competitor Sezzle, which will be an all script deal valuing Sezzle at 491 million with the current market cap, 352 million. So they're actually paying quite a premium for their business, which they need additional capital for. Hence, they've just raised a sophisticated placement at $1.90 and will be opening a retail placement at $1.90. Now, in terms of the numbers, as per its previous update, things were not quite as positive for its earnings. Due to significant jump in the cost of sales, Zip actually reported a 23% decline in gross profit to $59.1 million and a loss after tax of $214.3 million. Now, in the past 30 days, we've seen 33% of value wiped off Zip and a fall of about 80% in the past year. I mean, could this be an opportunity for the buy now, pay later sector or is it done? Yeah, 100%. I mean, all the buy now, pay later stocks are really kind of suffering and having a tough time at the moment. Hey. All right. So they are some of the stocks that um, I guess shocked us or surprised us this reporting season. And also we're keen to hear your thoughts. Any companies that you follow, you going, wowza, that was a great report or ouch, ouch, not so good. Because there's just so many companies right out there that um, we can obviously report on here on Talk Money to Me, but we simply just don't have enough hours in the day to do that. So um, these are the ones that just stood out to us the most so far. Yeah, definitely. Now, with everything going on in the war in Ukraine right now, for context, we're actually recording on the 2nd of March, and obviously this is an ever-changing and developing situation, so please keep this in mind. There is a lot of market noise, updates and data, which we know can be overwhelming, so we want to give you our lowdown of what the war means for your investment portfolio and provide some investable ideas to help navigate the current market conditions. So stick around to hear more about this. We're just going to take a short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
So Candice, what is going on in the Ukraine is absolutely heartbreaking from a human perspective, but as we're in finance, we're only going to focus on the financial impact. Now, what we have here is a very rare situation where we do have slowing global growth, inflationary pressures in a rising interest rate environment, tightening financial conditions, COVID supply, chain bottlenecks for businesses, and now a European war. If you look back at this catalyst historically, in the past the data shows us that the share market experiences increased levels of volatility and the returns are weaker. Sometimes this will result in an end to a bull hot market. Other times it just puts the foot on the brakes of what's been a pretty strong acceleration. Now, I know you're a bit of a history buff. Can you give us some context about the Russian invasion. Definitely. I do love me some history. And one of the reasons why is that I think people just fascinate me. The past shows us that often the most influential people in their era um, can actually have such a lasting impact, whether it's positive or negative, which can really shape the modern world. And I do think we might be living in one of those moments right now with Putin's order to invade Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, I was reading that the world's never going to be the same again. That's a scary thought. Yeah. So really the tensions that have been, you know, building between these two nations have been going on for a couple of years now. The two founding members of the old Soviet Union actually started their tensions back in February 2014 when protests in the Ukraine overthrew the president at that point in time, who was friendly to the Russian interests. So during that revolution, more than 100 people were killed in protests in the capital. And the interim government that was subsequently, you know, set up after this kind of a, a revolution, it really was, uh, was really pro-Western. And they eventually signed a trade agreement with the European Union that is seen as the first step towards the membership of the bloc. And then only a few months later in that year, so in April 2014, Russia then invades and annexes the Ukrainian peninsula of Crimea. And two sectionless regions were then subsequently set up. I'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly, so I'm sorry if I've got any Ukrainian uh, listeners, but the Donkist and the Lunkist breakaway regions were formed. Yeah, please send through how to actually say those and we can play it in our next episode. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. So the annex of Crimea in 2014 and the swift five-day partial invasion of Georgia in 2008 suggests, like the history books are showing us, that Putin would probably prefer to limit the geographic scope and duration of the conflict that we're seeing now, you know, to a shorter period to limit the costs. That's it. And look, such quick and fast invasions may be sufficient to drive a wedge between the sanctions response of the US and EU, but I don't believe at this point that it's really working. It's so hard to make a call on this and it's not really our job to do that, right? It's our job to protect clients' wealth and look at the markets and navigate this crazy time. And so Putin really has to remember that a large proportion of the Ukrainian population are actually pro-EU. So the Kremlin you know, may struggle to gain and retain political power in Ukraine without open-ended occupation of the capital and other large cities. Also, to the extent that the military goal for Putin, you know, it would be to strengthen his hand potentially back at the negotiation table, um, you know, with NATO, but maybe being so aggressive is actually going to undermine any future talks he may have. And this also kind of all builds up and suggests that, you know, we, we aren't here to predict who's going to win, what's right and wrong, but Russia's actions and consequences are clearly hanging in the balance, making the course of action more uncertain, aka that means I think we're in for a kind of turbulent short period of time in the markets. Yeah, so it's really tricky for investors right now to navigate that. And our view is that you do need to be a little bit cautious, have cash on the sidelines so you can actually take advantage of this volatility, you know, picking up bargains 
for long-term growth. We've said it before and we'll say it again, having the right asset allocation for your risk appetite is key. Also, it's important to remember that inflation is actually a good thing for economic growth. It does help boost consumer demand and consumption. So it's not all bad. Think a tilt towards energy, financials, precious metals, rates and consumer staples. And to elaborate on that point, we also think investing into energy, as it so happens, if you're you know keen to do that from an ESG perspective, it's a smart short-term play with the Russian invasion as they're one of the major oil suppliers for the global economy. So energy can be seen as the poison and the cure. What do you mean by that? Do you want to elaborate a little bit? So what I mean by that is energy is actually causing a lot of the inflation pressures that we're seeing and it's causing some of the imbalances in terms of the energy policy. So that's the poison part, but it's also the cure in the sense that if you do have an exposure to an energy um, company in your portfolio or an ETF, you're actually going to be seeing the benefit of the oil price go up. So, you know, an oil producer like Woodside, for example, you can see that in the results, they're having record profits because of this fact. So whether that's through fossil fuels, gas, coal, or even uranium, it's definitely worth having a think about or chatting to your financial advisor about how do you have energy currently exposed to your portfolio. Yeah. And if you're more ESG conscious, you can look at uranium, right? It's more of a clean energy source. And there's a lot of great uranium picks. We've actually been through them on our Instagram. Now, if energy is not your thing, well, you can also invest into floating fixed interest securities, also known as hybrids. So they're half debt, half equity. And rather than buy fixed rate bonds, right? Because instead of buying bonds that are not linked to the cash rate, these will actually increase as interest rates rise. So we'll get a pay rise on that income return. So we hope you got a few useful investable ideas which can help you navigate the current geopolitical and market conditions. I mean, I personally still have a large tech position and precious rare earth position as I still believe the companies that I hold are where I'll make the most money over the long term. Even though it could be slightly painful to look at my portfolio now, I try not to look at it as unless I'm looking at to top up my position. Now, coming into our final segment of this episode, we're actually going to answer some of your questions which have come through this week on our Instagram. Uh, we actually only had time to answer five, but we'll answer the rest in next week's episode. And also a quick reminder, you can always send through us any questions that you may have via email at tmtm at equitymates.com or through our Instagram and our handle for that one is at Talk Money to Me podcast. So the first stock that I want to go through is RZI, which is on the ASX raise. Now it actually reported on the 24th of February with strong growth passing the 1 billion Australian fund milestone. Now, if you haven't heard of raise, which I'm sure you have, it's a financial investment platform. Now revenue is up 85% to 8.7 million year on year. They've had a change of senior leadership and board to actually position for their next phase of growth. They're cash flow positive and they actually have been for the last nine quarters with 20 million on the balance sheet. Now the current price is around $1.20 and interesting enough there isn't much broker coverage on RZI but what we do have is the consensus price target is $2.54 so upside of 112%. And the second one that's come through uh, that one of our listeners owns is Pentanet. 5GG is the code on the ASX. So that reported on the 17th of Feb and it looks like it's a strong result with half year revenue up 67% to 8 million, gross profit increased by 100%, love that, and the gross margin expanded by 49%. Year on year recurring rev uh, for the network was in an increase of 66% to 6.8 million. 
However, still the half-year report net loss of $3.3 million as it's relatively newly listed on the ASX. It only listed back in December 2020. So it has got significant IPO costs of about $8.7 million uh, that they're washing through in the overheads um, and operating costs. So it's still very much in, in its growth um, stage. It's an internet service provider business. And interesting enough, um, we at, here at Shore & Partners, our research has coverage on Aussie Broadband, which is a competitor. And that has gone from strength to strength of late. They recently announced an interesting launch of GeForce Now, which is powered by Pentanet, which is a NVIDIA premium cloud-based gaming streaming service. Whew, say that fast many times. <laughs> um, but that is a really interesting move for that one. So the current price for 5GG is about 43 cents. Consensus places at $1.25, so upside of about 194%. Now, our third stock was JLG. Again, on the ASX, John Ling Group. Now, this reported on the 22nd of February. Revenue is up to $371.3 million, which is 34% on the year and profitable with a net profit of $11.7 million, up 22% on the year. Now, if you haven't heard of this business, it actually provides building and restoration services. So, no wonder it's actually been doing so well, I believe, over the last couple of years. It pays a little dividend, um, 2.7 cents per share for the interim. So, approximately throughout the year, it should be about... 0.7. Now, interesting enough, a lot of brokers actually cut the price target by 1% to 3%. So now uh, there is a price target of $8.35 with a current share price of $7.60. So upside around 9.8% with an average rating being a buy across the brokers. And the fourth company to come through the listener mailbag is Matterport, MTTR on the NASDAQ. This business is uh, a spatial data company focusing on digitalizing uh, and indexing the built world. Wow. So reported recently on the 17th of Feb, it only started trading on the NASDAQ back in July 2021. It reported a record year in 2021, achieving total revenue of $111 million. That was actually up 29% on the prior year. Reoccurring subscription-based business, that's what this business is all about, that achieved $61 million, so that was up 47%. It's got a strong balance sheet, almost $670 million in cash and equivalents. Current price is around $7.41 and the price target over the next 12 months is $15.33. So that's about upside of 107%. Interesting. Another new one, newly listed. And now we have the fifth and final stock for today. Sorry, guys. It's Estee Lauder. Now the code is el on the New York Stock Exchange. It reported earlier in so February the 3rd or 4th and it reported a really strong quarter with them beating expectations and guidance on all lines of the profit and loss. Really strong organic growth. Now, the Estee Lauder company shares have outperformed the industry in the past year. The company is actually really benefiting from the, their growing skincare business and gaining sales from its robust online presence as more consumers are shifting onto this model. Now, the impact of these upsides were reflected in the second quarter fiscal 2022, when net sales increased year on year. Expected forward revenue growth of around 15%. Current price is $296 or thereabouts, and consensus price target is $357. So approximately 20% upside. Now, the average weighting is actually overweight for this one across the broker network. So thanks again, guys, for those five stocks that have come through. We hope you got some more insights into those companies. Like we said earlier, we receive lots of stock requests, so keep them coming 
coming. We will address them, uh, the ones that we haven't had the chance to get through today in our next few episodes. And also keep an eye on all of our social media channels because we'll probably address them there as well. That's it. And we've got a really amazing and exciting analyst coming on the show next week. He actually values SaaS companies under his coverage and he'll bring to us a few other really cool ideas. Now, I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, please remember, although Candice and I are financial advisors at Shoreham Partners, please note our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice. As always, you should seek professional advice before making any financial or investment decisions. Make sure you follow us on at Talk Money To Me podcast for daily market updates. Until next time. See you next time. Talk Money To Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money To Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.